0: Today, Pastor Fred's going to bring the word, and I'm excited to introduce him. Um, we talked earlier about how our daily bread is the word of God, yes, and we have scripture, but as God started speaking in the beginning and creating, he continues, continually pours out revelation upon revelation, and I know this man hears very well, and with due diligence, I'm sure he has sat, to get, sat down and prepared the word for you all this morning, so if you could all clap and welcome him as he comes forward to bring the word of God.
1: I might be muted. Nope, I'm not muted. There's lots of things blinking up here, though. That's all right. Yeah, it's working now. We're good. still red lights blinking. I'm not used to this new board, that Russell. That. That we got. It's, it's all good. Um,
0: gotcha. turn that on, I said it's auto
1: for better first. Interesting. Uh, all right. Well, I need these. That will help me a bit. Um, boy, there's, there's a lot going on this morning. But it's good. It, it, it's good. It's good. Uh, I so appreciate Jennifer's reminder uh, and her diligence. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we don't need to live in fear. And our governor may be saying things in ignorance. We'll we'll give him that. Um, But we're not designed for fear. And, And that creates chaos. That creates stuff that that we don't need to live in. It, it, it doesn't provide the atmosphere in which we need to thrive, but our constitution does. You no, know, because it's 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 the rule of law, and inadvertently, I'm going to be talking about that a little bit this morning. So it's interesting how things have set up. Um. <laughs> So we're going to start with this. Um, I I do need a helper. Um, Actually, before I do that, uh, where's William? William had a picture. See you around here. See under the table? In a good way, he's under the table. Hey, William, you want to come share that? Oh, I see the table. Okay. All right, So Aww. he had approached me Because from time to time We'll just have the kids um, uh, Draw things and, and God gives them things And as they do we say hey Why don't you come on up and show it So um, how about this Can you see him Come right here Oh i got to get you a microphone So Can you see him Look that way Okay, and I'll hold this. And you want to tell people what this is? Okay. Oh,
0: okay. Um. So when Mrs. Montgomery, Montgomery. <laughs> said, "Give us our daily bread," in my memory verse thingy, <laughs> um. I just thought of this where two people are just lost in the desert. They're just asking for help. They're hungry. And God's just, it's hot. God's just giving them some bread.
1: Yep. Okay. So even as Mrs. Montgomery was sharing, God was giving you a picture of how God provides. Just <laughs> dropping bread from heaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where we least expect it from. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Anything else?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's wonderful. Thank you. There you go.
0: <laughs>
1: so thank you, William. Um, if I could have my wife come um, and bring take this microphone around. I have a question to start with. Okay? And it, it requires an answer. And this is not a setup, no. okay? There's there's no right or wrong here. Uh, I'm just I'm just looking for um, it's an opportunity to give some input uh, without preaching a sermon um, on, on basically the question of what is love because we're going to be talking uh, at least in part this morning about love is right. So we're we're kind of answering the question, or we're seeking, I should say, to answer the question, and I'll just tell you right now, up front, I don't have the fullness of the answer, okay? So you can't get it wrong, all right? Um, But when I say, what is love, what are things that come to mind for you? (laughs) 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 Baby, don't hurt me, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I thought about what's love got to do with it, but hey.
1: Popular songs of the day coming to mind. Okay. Baby,
0: don't hurt me. <laughs> that is key. Love is
1: an act of Say it again.
0: Love is an act of forgiveness.
1: Okay. Love is an act of forgiveness. Very good. No. You
0: want to hear that?
1: Yeah, let, let's... Let's just get them all. Telling people to not to get out of the street when there's a car coming—that way they don't die. Instead of being like, "Oh no, I'm afraid I might hurt their feelings," like (laughs) healthy boundaries, like my mom said. It's good.
0: Good. Right. Mm -hmm. What else?
1: Just raise your hand and let her come to you, so so that we can just get things recorded for people who are watching. Or, it's a pretty good chance Apostle Tim is listening as he's driving.
0: Um,
1: He's driving up to uh, Wisconsin today.
0: Love is a decision.
1: Love is a decision.
0: Love is God.
1: Love is God. Anything else? Go, Vanna, go.
0: Love is patience and kindness.
1: Patience and
0: kindness and hover around the seats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> oh, here we go. Just does
1: that. Love is loving the unlovable. Wow. Yes. Loving the unlovable.
0: What do you got, Neenba? Love is kind and love is patient. That's good. Yep. Kind
1: and patient. I think Jill had her hand up. Yeah,
0: right I saw. Here. I saw. It was a okay. but I saw it. What do we got? Oh. And I oh. <laughs> <laughs> Love is what your parents give you. You might have
1: to say that again. Love is what your parents
0: and God gives you. Okay, what Your so
1: parents, good, that? Yeah, good. Yes. Right. Oh, there's another oh, one. Jack's got another one. Come
0: on, honey. Go, 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 go. <laughs> hey, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That oh, is
1: respecting other people's opinion, even if they're different. Okay, that's good.
0: Yep. Respect.
1: Oh, there's another one.
0: Sacrificing your own desires for somebody else.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: love is Jesus.
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's that's good. All right. Anything else? All those are good. Oh, there's one more. Go around the
0: block. Got to make sure there's no obstacles over here. What do you got, Troy? Um, love is. Oh. that's good Hallelujah. That's nice. Nice. <laughs> all right all right that, that's a
1: really good that's a great start um love it thank you thank you Vanna White um, <laughs>
0: she says love is putting Christmas lights up in November
1: <laughs> Love is putting up Christmas lights in November. Yes, that is love. That is a labor of love. True. Um, we're going to get into the Word just a bit. And even as I said, I there's no way I can fully define this this morning. Everything you all shared, you shared facets of love, right? Um, as I was praying last night about... Where to dive in? Um, I kept hearing these words: "Nature abhors a vacuum." Okay, Aristotle once postulated that nature abhors a vacuum, and in other words, where there is nothingness, people and or nature will always be quick to fill the void. Okay, is what he was saying. Nature abhors a vacuum. We don't like we don't like dead space. You know, if, if someone is speaking and it just suddenly stops for what seems like eternity and it might even only be 30 seconds, people are like, come on, what's next? Let's keep going. I got things to do, people to see, places to go, and so on and so forth. Well, when we make a statement lacks clarity or definition, people are often quick to fill the void with what they know or what is nearby, or they'll look things up that may or may not be exactly what you're intending to say. Okay, It's kind of the same thing. When we say things, good things, um, and even add a little definition to it, but don't fill in the full definition, It gives others the opportunity to fill in the gap. For example, okay, this is a negative example, all right? Uh, Your doctor, not Dr. Matthew, uh, but your, your doctor walks into the room,
0: okay, and he
1: tells you you have a tumor. And then abruptly turns around and walks out of the room without saying another word. There's a vacuum there. Right, and all of a sudden the mind goes, "Well, what does that mean? Where is it at? Is it cancerous? Is it non-cancerous? Is it something I should be concerned about? How long do I have to live?" Right. There's a void there that that we just want to fill it. Or here's another example, probably another negative example, although it, it may not be. Um, let's say you're singing. Okay, and someone walks into the room and says, that is horrible, and walks out. Okay. <laughs> Some of you go, well, yeah, that confirms that.
0: <laughs>
1: okay, but, but, you know, um, it, it could be that they're saying, yes, you're a horrible singer. Or it could be that they're saying, well, you hit a bad note, and that was horrible. Or it could be saying, um, You know, why did anyone ever let you take the stage? Or, I don't really like that song. It may not be your singing at all. Right? But lack of definition, people want to fill in. And.
0: I'm not going to interrupt that.
1: (laughs) It's. (laughs) Be careful what you say, right? (laughs) If the lights go out, we're just done. I'm just saying that. But I've just been thinking over this past week, um, how much more, when it comes to this, when we're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ? There's lots of ways to look at this, okay? And and this is not... um, I'm speaking in generalities, I understand, okay? But uh, it got me to thinking about how, in general, I think one of the areas where the church at large has kind of failed society at large is by giving out platitudes, giving out a scripture verse, giving out a thon, but not really defining. Not always, okay? Um, There are times where the church in general or people in the church do a very good job, but that's one of the areas that I see lacking. And it's not so much the people around me, okay? I'm not talking about anybody's preaching, right? Um, I think our people do just an excellent job. Uh, In fact, I encourage you, if you haven't listened to the last few weeks, uh, uh, Michelle was, was giving a great word last week and, and Melissa the week before and I just, I love to hear I love when others bring the word. Okay, Apostle Tim is up next week. I look forward to that. But what I'm talking about is when things get thrown out and, and what I hear is often the opposite side. When people begin to define things that are not as though they are because they've only heard Maybe one-sided things. Or they've only heard that, well, Jesus is love. And he wants us to love. And love is the most important thing. Well, that's fine. But How do you define it? What's the standard? Because there has to be a standard. Right? If Jesus is the standard, then what does it look like? And... He took me to Luke, chapter 24, the end end of the the Gospel of of Luke, and I just want to read this to you. Okay? It's it's a passage that you all are likely familiar with already. It's uh, the road to Emmaus, right? And it says in verse 13, and behold, two of them were going that very day. What day are they talking about? The the day he died, right? Well, no, the day he resurrected, actually. (laughs) Yes, I did the same thing. But it's the day he resurrected. Okay, So that very day, they were walking to a village named Emmaus, which is about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things which had taken place. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are these words you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? And they stood still, looking sad. Okay? And one of them, named Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, The things about Jesus, the Nazarene, was a mighty uh, prophet, Mighty indeed and word and in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that he that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. And indeed, besides all this, it is the third day since things happened. But also some women among us amazed us. They were at the tomb early in this morning and did not find his body. They came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels and said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women had said, but him they did not see. So he said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken, Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then, verse 27, then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them all the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. Jesus took the time He didn't just start with where they were. He said, you know what? Let's go back. Let's go back with Moses. He basically went from Genesis to what was then Revelation, okay? (laughs) Present time. And he explained the scriptures, using the scriptures. He explained what was happening using the law. See, oftentimes we separate the law from love. We say there there was the law And then there was Jesus came, and it it all changed. And yes, he fulfilled the law, but it was still, he fulfilled the law. In other words, there was a standard he went back to and pointed to and said, this is that. We see Peter doing the same thing in the day of Pentecost, right? All these things are happening. People are looking like they're drunk on the balcony. They're speaking in other tongues. And he goes back, and he used the law on the prophets. And he said, well, this is that which the prophet Joel spoke of. We see Stephen doing the same thing on the day he was stoned. Right? He was saying, look, I understand you're upset, but let's go back and let's take a look at things. And he went from Genesis to present time and explained. He found Jesus. Throughout the scriptures, throughout what was then their scriptures, there was a standard that was continually pointed back to to define the moment. Now, Did Jesus always answer in this way? No. Right? There were times when he would give parables. In fact, um, what did I write down? Matthew 13. Jesus starts in with the parable of the sower. And he tells the parable, and he gets done, and his disciples are kind of like, well, why do you speak like this to the people? They don't understand. We don't understand either. Could you explain this to us maybe? How do you do that? And Jesus explained why he did that and how it was to fulfill prophecy. So there were times where Jesus was always going back and pointing to that. He wasn't always clear, per se. He wasn't always giving the full definition of things. But There was purpose in everything he did. In his own words, uh, it is something to be understood, interpreted, and learned through the lens of Scripture. Okay? Biblical Studies 101. Oh, no, sorry. I jumped ahead in my notes. Let me (laughs) me back up. Okay. Another example. Uh, When Jesus was sincerely questioned about the greatest commandment. Here's how he responded in Matthew 22, starting in verse 36. The question came, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the promise. Look at that. Jesus is being questioned on the commandments. He answers about love. And he says, Love is the most important thing, but the law and the prophets are dependent upon it. That's, that's pretty huge. Especially for, for people who like to just simply say, Well, Jesus was all about love. He just need to love. Just love each other. That's it. That's the end of it. Well, Jesus had a standard. And his standard. Was the law on the prophets? Mm-hmm. I find it interesting in John chapter 1, verse 45. It says, Philip found Nathaniel, and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus the Nazarene, the son of Joseph. Found Jesus because of the law and the prophets. I had looked up and I don't recall uh, the precise number. I'll I'll probably share that in in future um, in in future weeks here. But how many books of the Bible Jesus quoted quoted from? Validating that. And even if you know you go on, and in Jesus' own words, John chapter 5, verses. 46 and 47 If you believed in Moses you would believe me for he wrote about me But if you do not believe his writings how will you believe my words I don't disagree that love is all about Jesus and everything that you all shared are important facets of it And for me to stand up you know when when he gave me this title I'm thinking there ain't no way I'm going to do that on a Sunday morning. At least in terms of quantity in defining God's love, because the truth of the matter is this. His love is defined as we read through the totality of his story, of history, of the Old and the New Testament combined. As we look at his life, And as we look at his life, he points back to the writings of Moses. He points back to Deuteronomy. He points back to Isaiah. He points back to David
0: and Samuel.
1: People love to say that love is this, love is that, and they try to simplify and even bend it to how they think it should be, but in Jesus' own words, it's something to be understood and interpreted through the lens of Scripture. As I started to say earlier when I got mixed up in my notes, this is this is Bible Studies 101. You know, you let Scripture interpret Scripture. And it's a problem that people have with the Scripture, is it well, you're just interpreting it this way. Or other people are interpreting it that way. And how do we know it's valid? These are all really good questions. And I can't jump into the fullness of that this morning. But what it has stirred in me, and and I've begun a a conversation with Apostle Tim, is is I really want to begin tackling some of this again. No, I I think we tackle it. We've tackled it in what we called our Rebuilders training, our foundations, uh, whatever that's going to be in terms of, of teaching. But I really think it's just so important that we understand the validity of Scripture, that when Jesus says a thing, we can believe it. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15 says be diligent to present yourselves approved to God a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth. If all I do is condition you or anybody to hear the truth from my mouth from my point of view I've done you a disservice. And most of you know that, okay? Even even Paul, you know uh, what was it the um, the Bereans, right? Would would say, hey, they took in everything that Paul had to say, but then they would check with the scriptures to see if it was so. Well, you can either just take what I have to say, you can take what Michelle or Melissa or Jennifer. or or anyone else who comes and preaches, you can just take it at face value, and I trust them, okay? But according to his word, we ought to be checking those things out. To prove that they're wrong? No. Chances are there's more nuggets in there for you to dig out. I I can guarantee it. (laughs) (laughs) I guarantee it. There, there is so much fullness in any one word that comes forth, especially from this house. I know these people. There is so much more than I can adequately articulate on any given Sunday morning. And it's daily bread. It's bread that if you dig into it, will feed you the entire week and beyond. It may be something that's new to you in terms of getting into the Word on a routine, a routine basis. It might be intimidating. I understand that. But it doesn't negate the fact that we're called to get into the Word. We're called to be students of the Word. We're called to show ourselves
0: proof. You
1: know, it's why it's built into our curriculum at CCA. Now, the kids don't have a whole lot of choice. They gotta study the word, right?
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah.
0: it's still in the curriculum, is
1: my point. It may have changed some. <laughs> technical
0: advisor. That's all right. Yes, need we need
1: technical advisors. <laughs> I need many of them. Did you have something to share?
0: Okay. It's Alyssa. Alyssa sent me a text when I was walking around. She said, I want to participate. Love is pizza. <laughs> so that's, that's exactly what everybody's going to have for lunch now. Pizza. <laughs> that is true. Pizza. pizza. <laughs>
1: My dog well, very you smart. You
0: with that. She,
1: she knows my love language. <laughs> if she was more specific, she would have added pepperoni and onions and green peppers. Yeah. And maybe a little green something olives? spicy on there. Yeah. Oh, green olives. Yeah, not green bread. peppers. Green <laughs> <laughs> okay, now everybody's hungry. <clears throat> so, so, where do we begin, right? Um, I encourage you, if you haven't jumped in, studying God's Word to begin with the Gospels. In fact, begin with the Gospel of John. Now, here's the thing. I've also been telling you, you hear God's voice. And if God speaks, no, I want you to start in the book of Romans, then you start in the book of Romans. Or maybe he's going to start you in the book of Genesis. If he's speaking something to you, then you start there. Because there's there's something that he has for you, there, there's, there is no perfect starting place. There's just a place that you start so that he can speak. So that you can begin to chew it up. It can look intimidating. But you know, you bite off a piece of steak, it's not just instantly, uh, you know, you don't put it in your mouth and it goes instantly to the rest of your body to, to provide it. Um, the nourishment and the strength and all the things that it provides. You have to bite it, you break it down here, and then it has to be broken down in the stomach, then it has to be absorbed through the lining of the intestines, and then it has to be carried through the bloodstream. I mean, there's multiple steps, but you have to take the first step first, which is taking a bite. Find someone to come alongside, who maybe is further along in their walk, and ask them to come alongside. Even better yet, one of the ways I I would learn um, quite a bit is is I would ask Pastor Tim years ago. I would ask him, "Well, what about this? You talked about this. What about this? Well, how about this? Hey, I'm seeing how this connects to this." I was pretty annoying, actually. Probably, you might still find me annoying.
0: <laughs>
1: um, but but to let let questions drive you, or or sometimes when you think you hear something that that. You know, you go. Oh, I don't know about that. Yes, you can go back and check Scripture, but, but sometimes you also need to clarify with the person because sometimes we let things come out of our mouth in a way that you might understand it, but you're going that that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound like Scripture to me. So what's the difference? So we talk about it. Sometimes we just need to clarify what's coming out of our mouth, in spite of our best intentions. How do we know that the Bible is accurate? We're going to talk about that. What are the the different translations? I want to talk about that too, and I'm going to invite other people into that, other people even present in this room, um, to to share more on that, the differences in the translations. How do I know uh, that one interpretation is correct? When I look on the Internet and find all sorts of interpretations, how, how do I sort through that? Um. Again, these are all valid questions that I, that I really feel Papa is saying I want you to begin to delve in. Because there's a standard. Because we live in a day and age where standards standards are not popular. It's not popular to take a stand on things. Especially if it goes countercultural, Especially if it goes against just what people want versus what they know to be right. but it's what we're called to do. We're called to be light. Light is different than darkness. It stands out. It reveals things. We're called to let that light shine. And we're called to, to, to study and show ourselves approved. I have one last example. Okay. It's a good story. Luke chapter 16, starting in verse 19, Jesus is telling another story. And it starts like this. Now there was a rich man, and he habitually dressed in purple and fine linen, joyously living in splendor every day. And a poor poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate, covered with swords, and longing to be fed, the crumbs which were falling from the rich man's table. Besides, even the dogs were coming and licking his sores. Now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom, and the rich man also died and was buried. In Hades he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried out and said, Father, Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus so that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue, for I am in agony in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your life you received your good things, and likewise, Lazarus, bad things. But now he is being comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between us and you there is a great chasm fixed so that those who wish to come over here from where you are will not be able and that none may cross over from there to us. And he said, the rich man said, Then I beg you, Father, that you send him to my father's house for I had five brothers in order that he may warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham said, listen to this, Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. But he said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone comes, goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded, even if someone rises from Standards we raise are so very important because they lay the foundation so that you can believe that someone did indeed rise from the dead. His name is Jesus. Jesus came to fulfill the law and the prophets. There is great value. You read through every book of the Old Testament and you can find Jesus Some of them, granted, are very hard to get through. Not a big fan of Leviticus. Just saying. (laughs) Or Deuteronomy. (laughs) And yet, and still, I'll read commentaries or I'll hear sermons, and, and someone will draw out a truth, and I go, oh my gosh, that is amazing. Because you see the connectivity. One easy way. You want an easy way just to start getting into that if, if you don't do it already is especially if you have a, a hard Bible, okay, a, a hard copy um, some of the some of the my phone version has a little bit of this but not near as much as this one does look in the margins and and look where as is, is Jesus is telling a story or someone else is telling a story and it says oh footnote go and see Romans blah 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 or go and see Genesis or go and see Actually, read those other scriptures. I'm telling you, it adds a richness to what's already there. And sometimes it's, sometimes you simply find Jesus in the footnotes. Yeah, very
0: quotable.
1: Sometimes we find Jesus in the margins or in the footnotes. I stole that. That is quotable. I did. I can't think of who said it. So I can't give I can't give him credit, but I agree it's quotable. Oh! <laughs> I'm gonna leave you with this, okay? I, I again, I want to be very clear here. I am encouraging you. I'm not telling you you've done a bad job of getting into bad God's word, oh. okay? I, I'm telling you there is so much value there. I want you to be excited about getting in there. And hearing his voice and seeing what he has to say. Hearing what he has to speak to you. Because, you know, we were talking about the breath of God, right? And it's not just the corona that it kills. It kills the Roman, okay? But when the breath of God breathes on the written word of God. Oh my goodness, step back. It's amazing. It's like nothing you have experienced before if you've never experienced that. It should be your prayer every time you open this thing up. Breath of God. Breathe on this page. Make it come to life. and Watch it. Expect it. Because it will come according to your expectation. So this is not a condemnation but it is an important thing. As Paul was telling Timothy. In Second Timothy chapter 4. And I'm closing with this. I solemnly, solemnly charge you in the presence of God. And of Christ Jesus. Who is to judge the living and the dead. By his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. In other words, be ready always. You know, it's not the season right now to pick apples. That's over. But yet, in the kingdom, Jesus expects apples when he goes to an apple tree. We're called to be ready in season and out of season. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come. And we're living in when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, and they will they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and will turn away their ears from the truth, and will turn aside to myths. And he goes on to say, "Do the work of evangelists." That's where I tend to lose people. Well, wow, okay. I'm not called to be an evangelist. God called me more, I think I'm more pastoral. I think I'm a little more this or that. But I'm not an evangelist. what's, What's the Great Commission say? Go into all the world. Preach the good news. Make disciples. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. We're called to do the work of an evangelist. Whether you have that title or not, <laughs> really doesn't matter. We've been called to be stewards of this living Word. And I know I'm preaching to the choir in many cases because many of you are already students of the Word. But I know from experience in my 20 some years of knowing Jesus and being a student myself it's easy to put this thing down. It's easy to get sidetracked. It's easy to get distracted. If so, there is no condemnation. It's as simple as this. You pick it up again. You get in. Yeah. Even when Jesus was bad and right for those of you on the tape and in front of me even when jesus was in the desert every single response to satan was it is written yeah we could go on and on and on couldn't we right because i've i've touched on this and, and you y'all because you have the word in you you're going oh what about this oh this connects here oh that connects there I'm telling you, love is so much. It is so much more than we can explain. Love is the totality of this. And one more thought. We have eternity with Jesus, right? We have eternity with God. That is mind-blowing. If you're like me and you've thought about that for any length of time, even a short time, most people at some point just shake their head and go, that's just too much. Right? If God is love, we're with him for eternity. Do you really think we're going to get bored? I'm telling you, the depths of his love, of his love are eternal. It's not just a phrase. It is a mind-blowing concept. We could do nothing but preach solely on the topic of the love of God. From now until this church is torn down, God forbid, may it never be, short of Jesus coming. <laughs> but we would not exhaust that topic. In fact, revelation <clears throat> upon revelation would continue to come. I submit to you that that's what we've been doing for the Because the love of God is just so
0: amazing.
1: Amen? So I just want to pray for a grace to get into that. I want to encourage you as well. Uh, Jennifer left those pages. You passed them out? Yes. Okay. I was present but absent.
0: (laughs) Um,
1: Oh, I see. I have one over there. Good. Thank you. Um, But I just want to pray for a grace. God would, would, number one, breathe fresh on the word this week. Number two, that you would actually get into it. In some way, shape or form. Devotional. I don't care. Get into it. Okay? And there's no condemnation if you don't. It's all right. He'll keep reminding you. Holy Spirit's good at that. But it's a drawing. Not a, it's not a hammer. It's because he wants good for you. He wants to give you your daily bread, as Melissa was saying. And reminding us of the Lord's Prayer. And then ask questions and and annoy Pastor Brad with all your questions. Yeah. Nobody does that. (laughs)
0: Great.
1: All right, so, Father, in Jesus' name, just breathe upon your word this week. Jesus, you are the word. Just breathe upon us afresh and anew this week. Holy Spirit, come. You are the teacher according to the word. And so we rely upon you. To come and teach us into all things. Amen. Encourage our hearts. Strengthen our families. Strengthen this state and this nation, Father. As, as things still hang in the balance, Lord, we just speak your word, your perfect word over this nation right now. We just speak the love of God over this nation and over this people. God is so good. And we need the revelation of Jesus Christ to be high and lifted up. Just throughout this nation right now. We just praise you, Lord, that in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Father, we just declare that over our nation right now. Bless you. We give you all glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name.
0: Amen.
1: Amen. All right. If you do have questions or you need prayer, please. um, We're available. If not (laughs) doesn't look like it's raining too bad, so maybe you sneak out between